All right, welcome to America This Week. I'm Matt Taibbi. And I'm Walter Kern. How are you doing, Walter? I'm doing well. Uh, spring's coming on in Montana. I've uh, been out and about on the roads, traveling around, sort of enjoying myself, uh, getting away from the desk a little. So I, I, I feel fit as a fiddle for this week. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds great. I'm jealous. Uh, I feel like Sorry, I haven't been right. outside for seven months. So really, uh, yeah, <laughs> really. Well, you—I I mean, the audience can tell just looking at the the complexions it's confronted with on this uh, program. But uh, um, yeah, yeah well, mine's fa- mine's my my tan my tan's fading. My my tan was of such an intensity uh, that I was I'm I'm not kidding. I was being hailed as a a friend by people of other ethnicities. Um, <laughs> I, I really was. Uh, I, w- I was on a, n- the Hopi reservation down in Arizona. And a guy, at, I said I was from Montana, and he said, are you a Blackfoot? Um, and uh, so that's how tanned I was at one point. Yeah, your tan was like a third character in the show. Yeah, it, it, it was. It was. I, I tried to light it in ways that would reduce its blinding brownness. But, you know, it just... I, I was at my son's graduation last week in, in, in Philadelphia, you know, where everyone was still pale from winter. And I, I don't think they know, knew what had happened, um, mm. that, that my son right. could have come, could have come from me. Didn't make much sense given a side by side comparison of our, of our skin. Right. Tones. Right. But, Inspiring um, awkward quizzical glances. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's Those a pretty stuffy good. crowd at the University of Pennsylvania graduation. So, I'm sure many rumors were launched. Good, it's all yeah, positive. Well, How about you, man? I'm glad you're feeling. Um, you know, I had a little drama this week, but uh, what, that's every week. That's every it's week. What What's little for you? That's great yeah. on a curve. Uh, you weren't you weren't thrown in the pen, or you didn't have more IRS agents at your door, did you, or what? We had I had a little little IRS complication this week because the stuff came out about why they came um, to to my house and when they opened a case on me and all that stuff. So that was a little weird. The big thing was that I found out that they opened the case on Christmas Eve last year, which was the the day that I I was dropping the big Twitter file story about the links to the FBI and the CIA and the other government agencies. And is I was Christmas alone Eve in a hotel. Is Christmas, and, e- is Christmas Eve usually a federal work day? Yeah, not really, as, as far as I understand. In fact, I my understanding is that there's not a whole lot of IRSing that gets done in the last couple of weeks of December. Generally, uh-huh. that's sort of a period where you take all of your untaken vacation days. So the optics of it were weird on many levels. Um, yeah, you know, I'm joking about it, but clearly it's a little it's a little upsetting i've heard from from some other people in the interim uh who've had experiences with the irs that suggest you know that it's not terribly uncommon you know for weird dossiers to be opened up about people who have said things that you know in the media that have upset you know folks in government so you know that's part of my thinking about going to the committee is that this is a sort of a rare opportunity to find out how these things happen Maybe they even mm-hmm. will be able to, to subpoena some records. And um, so we'll see. But um, lots of stuff happened in the world this week that was that's inter- interesting. And we can get to some of that. You texted me something uh, 
pretty early in the week and I watched it and I, a chill went up my spine. Did, did that happen with you when you watched this for the first time? My spine is pretty frozen these days, but, uh, <laughs> and, but, and yet a chill did go up an extra chill, an icicle of a spine froze even further. I think it was the voices involved um, which you can introduce uh, and the production quality of this little video. Yeah, so this is a video that comes to us by way of Grey Zone and our friends Max Blumenthal, uh, Aaron Mate, and uh, in particular, I guess, Anya Parampil, who was there. There was an event in, uh, in Washington, and Anya describes it as this way. It was... Kiev officials and Samantha Power from USAID were in, were in Washington celebrating how the Ukraine war kicked off a, quote, new age of, quote, e-governance. Alongside the executive chairman of Visa, they were openly describing the sacrifice of U Ukrainian civilians on the altar of Western finance and tech. The event is dedicated to promoting DIA, Ukraine's state in a smartphone, that digitizes med records, banking, biometric data, and all aspects of life into a singular app. And DIA, by the way, is is sort of the Ukrainian word for, I guess, to be or being. It's kind of conceived as like an everything app, right? So they uh, aimed high so with this, this, this like, title. Uh, it's the existence. Right, it's yeah. The, it's the human existence app. The Gray Zone folks kind of describe being at this conference and they keep talking about how the U um, American officials are so excited by kind of the proof of concept of DIA. Uh, and remember DIA is, is, is sort of a hybrid creation of USAID, Visa, and Google, uh, among other things. There's a joke in there that somebody, one of the speakers uses as a, as a joke to warm up the crowd, the idea that AI is going to destroy him, humanity. <laughs> then there's a revelation that similar eGov apps are being launched in other countries like Estonia, Zanzibar, and Colombia. Uh, Samantha Power, you know, excitedly says something remarkable is happening in Ukraine as we speak. And then they play a video about uh, the DIA app and what it sounds like and what it looks like. And obviously, this is in English. There's a Ukrainian. Uh, analog. I've obviously, it, it, I went and looked at it later, but this mm -hmm. English language video, the piece of it, just by itself, there's so much to get into here. First, for, firstly, what's the audience for this presentation? It looks like a bunch of, let's see, who else was there? Uh, Visa executives, vice prime minister for innovation, uh, Mikhailo Fyodorov uh, from Ukraine. Kara Swisher was there. Again, Samantha Power. So, so but, these are these are a combination of aspiring uh, developers and Ukrainian officials um, and American diplomats. USAID. I mean, we you always have to give an asterisk. It's you know, it's like Barry Bonds' home runs. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they 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 roll this video and. Man, if this doesn't remind you of um, a certain sci-fi movie, I, I don't know what to do. But uh, let, let's see. Let's take a listen. War bonds aimed at rebuilding the liberated and soon-to-be deoccupied Ukrainian cities. State mortgage 
Military, medics, teachers, and scientists can apply for the state mortgage right in the app. E-Enemy, a chatbot that helps any citizens safely transfer info about the location of Russian troops, names of collaborators, and enemy movements to the armed forces. Numerous attacks of Russian army destroyed a number of TV towers. To provide Ukrainians with uninterrupted access to information, we launched DIA Radio and DIA TV, so that even under blackouts, millions could feel present. And added the in-app army of drones game to help Ukrainians both distract and donate to the common purpose. Has the enemy launched cyber attacks on Ukraine? Of course they have, and they failed. Even when the world is falling apart, our main task is to protect the people. Together, we can build a stronger one. <laughs> so, so Dia is a snitching app, right? I mean, they they have eEnemy in there. And I, I went and I, I did a whole bunch of research on this uh, state in a smartphone concept. There's sort of a, this happened in stages the you know the, the prior president Petro Poroshenko he introduced something called Prozoro in you know between 2014 2016 this was designed to be kind of a .gov app that centralized contracting and some other things improving transparency uh, and then uh, it was uh, Zelensky who came along and created this concept of the Ministry of Digital Transformation in, in 2019. Uh, and that's when they coined the phrase, a digital state in the smartphone, where you could fight corruption and manage complex administrative hurdles, quote, with one click. Uh, this became possible thanks to the DIA app, meaning action in Ukrainian. It, it goes into how they, in addition to all the civilian uses of this, they uh, began to develop um, after the war started, some other features for this app. Therefore, in the first days of the war, the Ukrainian government launched the chatbot eEnemy, called eEnemy, designed for Ukrainian citizens to report the Russian military and its equipment's movements and inform the Ukrainian government about the collaborators' activities. The chatbot activity gained over 370,000 visits, most revealing hostile groups. Moreover, the DIA application offered the option to donate to the Ukrainian army, a financial assistance program for businesses affected by the war and recompensation for damaged properties, uh, a migrant card, assistance, consultations for displaced people, and an e-document for those crossing the border without documents quickly became available in the application. In this way, a mobile phone could confirm people's identity, even when the physical copy of the document was lost. So it's your whole life on the phone, and it's a way to report on those who are enemies to the cause and you know in in russian i saw it referred to as yevrog so that's e, e enemy but you know it, it sounds a lot more sinister uh, in their language i don't know walter this reminded me of starship troopers and the whole like and and a little bit like the the dhs thing that we talked about just a couple of weeks ago where it, uh obviously they have more cause to do it in ukraine but creating an app and they talked about the intersection with cybersecurity agencies and developing this stuff. You just start to wonder about the possibilities of this kind of technology. Luckily, we're never going to have anything like this in America. And that, that makes me feel good. Um, <laughs> just because we developed it and just because it has the convenience of putting an entire state in a smartphone doesn't mean we will ever be subjected to it. And I feel great for the Ukrainians that, that they're 
in this fashion ahead of us. E-enemy, first of all, I think of that as the opposite of Tinder. You know, if Tinder, the thing that we have in America, uh, allows us to identify potential mates or friends, uh, intimate friends, this allows us to find adversaries everywhere and report them. Maybe have them, you know, disappear from from view. I don't know what happens to your e enemy after you've registered them. I don't know if it's like a yeah. I think know, some some reporting needs to be done on that. Yeah, yeah. Is it a three strikes thing? You know, do, do three people have to identify you as an enemy before the drone comes, or do do only one? Does only one person? Ah, so let's look at the other things. The uh, attempt to get people into looking for, you know, troops and enemy aircraft and so on, I guess, is just a, a modern version of the of the of the spotting that we were asked to do as in America in World War Two. Right. Um, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, in a lot of ways, this this app, though sinister, only concentrates things that populations at war or uh, seek to do all the time, which is, you know, spot threats, uh, identify traitors, loose lips, sink ships, maybe uh, call out people who are talking too much about state secrets. But it also, what was what was interesting, has all of these sort of uh, domestic, everyday capabilities. So you apply for a mortgage on the same platform that you turn in uh, traitors and spies, you you uh and and that is the the i think the innovation here in this banality of in this banality of evil fashion make a kind of uh financial app paypal or venmo or uh you know uh e-trade absolutely adjacent to your militarized side of things persona yeah persona mm-hmm. So, so it really integrates. It really integrates the civilian soldier and the you know aspiring middle class homeowner into one, you know, into one piece of software. I imagine that if you lose your phone, you uh, death only death could be more uh, disturbing because they talk in this about how this thing replaces other documents and, and allows you to go on as an identified individual should you lose papers and so on. And it seems that what you've got is a kind of uh, surrogate soul, really, um, a surrogate body and a surrogate um, identi- identifier besides your own face. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like uh, in Idiocracy when they find Luke Wilson doesn't have a code on his arm, a barcode on his arm, right. and they're all freaked out because, you know, how how come for you don't have a, a number, you know? They, they, they're all terrified because they've never seen that before. But this is, it speaks to the same fear that drove the kind of Canadian trucker movement, this idea that, you know, vaccine passports, the the state needs to know our movements somehow and that that is connected somehow to what our record of political donations. And I think people were deeply worried about this idea of something that smells like a social credit system. Now it makes more sense in a combat environment where all of these, a lot of these functions seem 
to have a lot of utility to them. Like if you get lost, where, where's the nearest place you can find medical help and first aid right. and all that stuff. Right. And, and yes, if you see tanks rolling over the horizon, it would be, it's great to be able to tell central command where they're, you know, what you saw. Uh, but you can also imagine all sorts of applications for this that are you know, a little bit less, you know, black and white, especially in, you know, given the background of what we've trained people in the internet age to do, we've already created systems where, you know, reporting people online for their behavior is a thing that we've we become accustomed to doing uh, and that it, it's effective. It puts them on denialists. It, not, it, it sort of knocks them down as social media citizens. Um, you can end up being kicked off a platform and then your record of being kicked off the platform follows you around for a while like a virus and and so we've already sort of trained a population to have like one click reporting of people next door and i don't know that I, it, because of that this makes me nervous um well, well so so matt you know, I don't know. It, 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 so years ago do you remember the no fly list the, the no fly list was an early form of physical and practical cancellation. And uh, we were told that it was somehow filtering out possible terrorists. But I had a friend who was a short order cook here in Livingston who managed to get on the no fly list because he had a altercation in a plane with a guy who turned out to be an air marshal. And um, once he was on the new no fly list, his life changed. For example, he, uh, a relative died uh, suddenly um, and unexpectedly in a town uh, across the country. And getting there became very difficult um, to the funeral. Getting there to the funeral uh, became very difficult. All of a sudden, he had a very arduous life on his hands. And, uh, you know, whether he earned his no-fly list membership I, I can't speak to, but once he was on it, life got very tough indeed. And what was interesting in talking to him was how the avenues for appeal were few. And, 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 and it also became clear that local authorities could place you on this no-fly list, your local sheriff, for example, and ever getting off it. ICE agents. Yeah. Mm. Ever getting off it seemed a real dicey pro proposition. It was like, trying to, to uh, cancel the vitamin subscription that I tried to cancel the other day. You, you, <laughs> you know, you just couldn't find the right person. Um, and when you found them, they were hostile and then the, the connection broke. But in any case, so, so all of these, all of these hassles that come with being identified uh, as a dubious person will I'm sure be built into this thing. In other words, it will not only have this, it'll not only have this, this positive affirmative capability, allowing people to identify others, uh, turn others in, uh, apply for mortgages and so on, but it will probably have a capacity uh, th that is negative and keeps you from getting a mortgage or makes it harder to get a mortgage or alerts you to the fact that you've been turned in. Um, and and you should probably report somewhere to uh, clear things up with the authorities. 
Um, they yeah, to, to, to be to be uh, sh- shrink wrapped to a uh, naked to a, a, a light pole <laughs> a in the middle pole. of Kiev. Yeah. So 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 no um, wonder they used this echoey, futuristic, uh, non-human or semi-human voice to announce it, because uh, I think they were trying to uh, disorient people and cause them not to think too hard in that first moment. They introduced it with a lot of fanfare as a, as a pure positive. I'm surprised we didn't hear forced applause from the audience. Um, <laughs> well, they only told one side of the story about Dia, which was what it's like to be sort of the gunslinger uh, of Dia rather than the gunned down. You know, they talked, like I say, about how it might help you get a home, but they didn't mention that the corollary must be there too. It, it can probably stop your mortgage application cold. You know, do luckily, as I say, we'll never have this in America. So I can only speculate on what its, you know, what its effects will be. But I wonder how many Ukrainians there in the audience, in the midst of this war, which is incredibly violent, devastating, and is taking out the infrastructure of this country, had a feeling of inner sunrise about the digital landscape that will come and re- that, that will come and redeem the experience of the soon to be deoccupied cities of the country. That was a little weird language, wasn't it? Um, it, it mm-hmm. assumed it assumed a kind of easy uh, a, a blithe success that's just around the corner that I'm not sure is real um, or, or can be easily assumed. It might have been nice if it was a little more dystopian and a little more dramatic and said something in in the post-nuclear wasteland that Ukraine may be. There is a bright spot. Those few survivors will include those traitors who caused the destruction, and you will be able to identify them through your phone. Uh, there won't be much left, but if, but vengeance will be yours and at your fingertips. That's right. They, with, with a click of a, a button, you too can have, um, you know, Valodia removed to a, um, a black site in, uh, you know, Djibouti and, uh, you know, have him, have him put in a, have him stand on a box with electrodes on his testicles for um, a while well, or, or there, that could be handled locally too. I mean, look, I mean, there's no reason why that can happen also. But, um, the presentation buried a lot of leads. Um, sure. One was, one was that you can't really trust the power grid anymore, but, but don't be discouraged. One was that, you know, the media might as, as conventionally defined might disappear, but you have Dia. This notion that there will be mortgages to be had and and applied for was a little optimistic, I thought. Uh, in general, it had the like you say the absolutely chilling uh, tones of a science fiction movie like Starship Troopers. Why do they make their propaganda sound so terribly sinister? I I I, I mean, don't they have consultants? Who who could 
make it a little warm and fuzzy like those, you know, uh, endearing insurance commercials. Couldn't Flo introduce Dia um, or, 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 or some kind State of... State Farm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because, because, frankly, all I could hear when I listened was a voice that was a combination of airport paging, being called to the principal's office over the, you know, over the school speaker system, something that I imagine might be blasted on loudspeakers from helicopters at some point <laughs> in our future evolution. You know, so, so, so what, what are they trying to do to us with these things? I mean, I guess this was only for an inside group. This wasn't meant to get out to the general public, but sometimes I wonder if they just are menacing on purpose with this stuff. It's it just a little poke. Well, this gives you a little glimpse into what what it's like when you you know see lobbyists and or contractors talking to each other. This stuff never gets covered really in the news media, and it's very rare that you see widespread sort of viral s- circulation of this kind of material. I've spent a little time around people like this and uh, time around people in the finance community who say horrifying things about how we're going to make more money going into, you know, low income neighborhoods. And yeah, they always forget that there is another audience out there that might hear this. But this stuff is particularly I think they've gone several levels in a in a new direction in terms of um, being out of touch with how horrifying this sounds because not only are they creating an app for thinking on your neighbors, they're creating an app that puts your entire life in one unified shared endeavor paradigm where all your information is in one place. And I'm, I'm assuming that the decisions are interrelated somehow that, uh, you know, the, the authority is all centralized. Right. I mean, that, is a, that sounds nightmarish to me, um, but well, they are excited in, about it. Matt, Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna advertise myself as a as a novelist here. In 2005, I published a novel called The Unbinding. Uh, it was first published uh, in a serial fashion in Slate magazine, and then as a trade paperback. And the premise of my book was that. In this near future, everyone wore a bracelet, which was attached to mm-hmm. a service called AIDSAT, uh, Aid Satellite. Mm-hmm. And there were operators on call, and it was sort of like the OnStar service that they were starting to put into GM right. cars. At any point, this, uh, this uh, bracelet of yours, which was your best friend, your alter ego, um, uh, and, and everything that the iPhone would be, because we didn't have iPhones when I wrote the novel, you could be doing things like negotiating for a car, say, and run into a problem with the salesman. And you could just ask AIDSAT to start coaching you in your ear um, through the negotiation. Um, You could use it for everything. And the reason I called the book The Unbinding was that when I thought through the logic of this technology... I realized that what what it ultimately was going to do was um, displace people's identities from their actual bodies. The decisions, Mm -hmm. our decisions were going to be made remotely and they were going to be reported to remote 
uh, beings and, and centers. And all our body was ever going to do after that was just carry this dia or this AIDSAT bracelet around. We were at, at that point drones, um, functional <laughs> drones. Right. Um, and we were eyes and ears for the state. And we were at the law at, at the furthest end of all these decision making processes about our economic life and so on. And there was uh, in me an apprehension about why people would ultimately go on when all of the executive functions of life were now off site, <laughs> you know, right. Uh, uh, um, and, 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 you know, much hilarity and many complications and dystopian uh, situations ensued. But the essence of this was to examine the problem of having a alter self in a machine directly linked to authority and, and also in some ways more powerful in our fate than we, we were, quote unquote, we. So it, it, it's really a new ego and a new superego, certainly. And it, it, it's on a, you know, it, it's on a, uh, a disc or a chip. And uh, I, it's not just the surveillance possibilities or the censorship possibilities or the life uh, interrupting possibilities. It's the fact that you start to wonder if your brain is even meaningful as something to carry with you I, I, or just baggage. Right, it's sec it's secondary. It's it's down a level from, you know, your Dia or your bracelet, your AIDSAT bracelet or your your, your Dia app. This is a a great moment for me. This is my first time I get to actually make a Google reference on the show. So this reminds me of the nose. Um, you ever read that story? Yes. Uh, so it's about this sort of sort of mid level bureaucrat who's a jerk and a womanizer and. If you're hearing this message, you're listening to the free version of America This Week. To hear the full version, please subscribe at www.racket.news.